We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. It is September. It is the 23rd of September. It is a Monday, and I am not Stevie TPFL. I'm Grant Neaver taking over for him. He just popped out baby number two, I believe. Yeah, baby number two. So he's going to be out for a little while, spending time with the kid, with his kid. But I am here, and I'm joined by the great Kyle Murray. How are you doing over there? Good, man. You know, good to hear that Stevie popped out the baby. So he's uh, pretty versatile out here. So that's, that's <laughs> nice. But, yeah, congrats to Stevie. Um, happy to be here again. Yeah, yeah, well, it's good to have you on, guys. If you haven't already checked out our sponsor, Fantasy Draft, Making Bad Life Choices, rake-free DFS is what they've got. Got a $15,000 home run tomorrow, or today, rather. And they do not currently have their football contest out, but I can guarantee that they will have the largest rake-free contest in the industry. Doesn't fill a lot of the time, so even more, they are paying you to play so, guys, go ahead, get signed up using the promo code GRINDERS, and we always launch out events, stuff like that. Go golf with Drew Brees, all sorts of stuff. So get signed up through the Roto-Grinders link and start playing rake-free DFS. We have a five-game slate for this Monday. Pretty simple, pretty cut and dry. So you ready to get started, Kyle? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first game, we got Phillies versus Washington here in nine and uh, nine total here. Corbin versus Eflin. Let's start off with Eflin here. Any interest of him against the Nationals? A um, little bit of interest here for Eflin. You know, um, once again, we actually talked about this last week with Stevie. We've got to look at see how what these Nationals are rolling out because they can roll out a pretty left-handed heavy lineup if they decide to. But a lot of times they've been just, you know, rolling out a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. So that would obviously favor Eflin. So it's going to depend on the lineup. Obviously, we don't have that out yet. Um, but if it's one of those lineups where – the only lefties we see are Soto and Cabrera and Eaton. I would probably have a little bit of interest, especially on the small of a slate. Um, you know, if they if they throw Adams in there and then, you know, whatever that whatever else they might do to you know stack those lefties, you know, it would get, it would get worse for Eflin. But right as of now, 
if they do have that right-handed heavy lineup, I think I would have a little bit of interest. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. There's not many pitchers on the slate that I'm really thinking about. And so even though the 5-3 implied total against Eflin here, I think is in play. And something to note that both these teams are still in the playoff race or still have something to play for. Washington trying to get the home field advantage for that wild card game. While the Phillies are five games out, not technically eliminated, but they're basically out of it. But still, they're going to play until they're officially eliminated. And Nationals are one of the teams that they are currently chasing here. So they've still got a shot. So they're both playing for something. Over on the other side, we've got Corbin. Again, Washington's still playing for something. We always want that at this point in the season here. Corbin, great pitcher. Generally, just absolutely dominant versus lefties. Still very good versus righties. Ability to go late into the game. Any interest in him on the slate? Yeah, I think you got to have a little bit interest in, in Corbin here. Um, just when you have this kind of small of a slate and he's so clearly the, the more talented pitcher compared to everyone else. Um, so I do have a little bit of interest here in Corbin. Um, the matchup's not ideal, but we have seen the, the Phillies go through spurts where they, they strike out a lot. And, you know, there are a few left-handed bats in the lineup here. Um, so I think it's a decent spot for Corbin. Nothing like crazy, but I really don't see a spot that jumps out to me as, you know, crazy for a pitcher on this slate. Um, so I will have a little bit of interest in Corbin. All right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's probably the top cash game arm on the slate here. There's not really a whole lot that you can pay up for. There's Blake Snell, but we don't know how late he's going to go into the game here. Um, they are still playing for something too, so that's keep that in mind. But, yeah, I think Corbin's the top guy on the slate. Just a little bit tough to pay that 11.8K price tag there, but – I'm still going to have a ton of ownership in him. I think he might be my highest owned player. He might be chalky, but just there, you don't have upside from a lot of these other guys here. What about these Phillies bats here? A lot of them are pretty darn good versus lefties so far this season. Grant Corbin's a good pitcher, but uh, like Segura, Hopkins, Real Muto, all been crushing left-handed pitching all season long. Even Kingery's been pretty darn good. Even Harper has over 400 Woba. Which of these Philly bats are you looking at? Yeah, for the most part this year when I'm stacking the Phillies, it is against lefties. They just have more consistency up and down their lineup against lefties. Uh, so I think this is this makes for a pretty decent uh, large field, you know, stat because I do think Corbin will probably be, you know, top two, maybe three highest ownership, if not the highest. So um, I do think it makes for a little bit of an interesting stack here. Um, prices are okay. So I, I do think you can find a way to stack these Phillies. Yeah, yeah, no, looking at their price tags, almost everyone's under – either 4K or under here. Bryce Harper's the only one at 4.5K. But, yeah, these guys are not going to garner a lot of ownership. On the slate, we have obviously 10 teams, and only three of them have under a four-implied team total here. So I'm guessing the Phillies are going to be one of the lowest-owned teams on the entire slate here going up against Corbin. You get that added leverage play. The guy that really stands out to me here is Hoskins. Doesn't strike out versus lefties at a very high clip, and he's a huge fly ball guy, 47.4% versus left-handed pitching on the season here so going up against the ground ball pitcher and Corbin Hoskins one of my favorite plays on the slate at under 4k here what about over on the other side with these Nationals bats going up against Eflin who's just been terrible versus lefties this year to say the least yeah definitely um this is probably a spot where I'll you know really like Soto and then if we get you know a lefty deep lineup where we can get four lefties in this lineup I could probably pick three or four of them um so kind of depends on you know who we see in the lineup but I think Soto makes for probably one of the better plays on the slate. So Soto's obviously up there eating, same kind of deal. He doesn't really show the power that you like, but um, he's going to be on base for the guys like Rendon and Soto. So that run opportunity is pretty there for Eaton. Yeah, and I also uh, really don't mind 
Rendon and all he's priced up. Again, people are going to target lefties versus Eflin, but again, Rendon, huge fly ball guy, 47% versus righties so far this season. And Eflin, his numbers versus righties, like he doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys. His Boba is reduced because he only walks him at a 2.9% clip, but he's still giving up 36% hard contact and the 50% ground ball rate isn't nearly as drastic if you, with a guy like Rendon who puts the ball in the air quite a bit. Outside of them, I don't hate Gomes. Um, decent fly ball guy should be in there. Should have a decent shot at a home run here on the five-game slate. So, yeah, it's it's a spot where I think Gomes could go a little bit under-owned here. I don't think too many people are going to be stacking up the Nationals in comparison to some of the other bats on the slate that are a bit more – or a bit cheaper here. So big fan of Rendon here, big fan of Gomes. Let's move on to the next game here. We got the Blue Jays versus Baltimore here. Shepard going up against Buck Holtz, a 10 in total here. Let's start off with Shepard. Any interest in him at 6.4K, a guy that's given up a whole lot of home runs in AAA and has not been fantastic in the majors so far this season. Yeah, I mean, I wish I, we, I knew a little bit more about him um, other than – he, he just really he's not really going deep in the game so I don't think you can really trust him here the price is obviously really cheap but I mean it's not like a, it's not a good matchup for him uh outside of it is pretty decent for strikeouts but he can easily get burned here um and I because I'm I'm pretty confident in this Blue Jays lineup up and down really um I, so for the most part I'm staying away yeah I'm not I will not use a single lineup with him in it he's 7.5% <laughs> swing strike rate even though he's going up against a big strikeout rate team in the Blue Jays there's too much power in here and he just doesn't have the swinging strike rate to really do too much with this lineup here for me it's a full-on fade and I think we saw this a week ago and it did not end well for him what about over on the other side Buckholtz guy that has been in the league for I want to say 50 to 60 years um (laughs) going up against Baltimore not a great team here Buckholtz not a great pitcher but still he's on a slate where we don't have too many options and some of the options we do have are probably not going to go that late into the game here. Uh, any interest in Buck, Buckholtz? Oh man. Buckholtz is probably the worst pitcher on the slate for me. Um, his, his Sierra and his XFIP, num- XFIP numbers are number one on the slate. Uh, so he's just not a good pitcher, but like you said, he's going against Orioles. Um, it's a slate where there's not a whole lot to love pitching wise, especially when it comes to value. Um, so 4,800 on DraftKings. I don't love it, but if you want to punt, he's probably – he's really the only guy to punt with. He's the only guy under 5K on the slate. So um, I guess I guess I could see myself talking myself into it, but I don't love it. I just think it's a, it's a get me there for 10 points kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's basically my thought process. But on a slate where it's largely going to be Matt's and uh, Corbin lineups or maybe Eflin, like you're not – he's the cheapest pitcher – on the slate here by a decent margin outside of Chassin. So I don't like it, but Baltimore is just not that great of a team. And if he can keep the ball in the yard, unlike what he did last time he played Baltimore in his last start, uh, I think he could be in for a serviceable outing. We'll put it that way. He did put up 13, 14 points against Seattle and Houston just a few weeks ago here. He's put up 10 versus Tampa Bay. A lot of his numbers are going up against some decent teams here since he is in uh, the same division as the Yankees as the Red Sox. So I think that he's not really as bad as his numbers show. So on a five-game slate, he's definitely in play for me. But on a bigger slate, he probably wouldn't be. Let's go to the Baltimore Bats here. Again, 
Still not a great pitcher. Still giving up a large power numbers to both lefties and righties. Not striking out a ton of guys. Anyone in this Baltimore lineup that you're looking at? Um, man, there's just no one that I really love necessarily. Uh, I guess if I had to talk myself on one, and probably try to be the cheapest one possible. So maybe DJ Stewart or Aria Ruiz. Jar leading off isn't bad. Um, I'm probably not going to go crazy and stack a bunch of guys here, but maybe picking one or two value guys uh, to get a piece of wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Mancini. It's a five-game slate, and I'm guessing he's not going to draw a whole bunch of ownership at 5K. Has been hot recently here, so I don't mind taking a tournament one-off with him just to get a low ownership guy against a bad pitcher with a real bad strikeout and real bad hard contact numbers here versus righties so far on the season. Hayes, a guy that we don't have a huge sample size of, but in the 25 play appearances he's had in the majors, 400 ISO, 550 Woba here. So I'm expecting that to regress, but he's only 4K. I don't really mind him. Buckholtz, again, has not been great versus righties. Outside of them, yeah, there's not really a whole lot I want here. You can go with DJ Stewart. You can go with Santander. You can go with Ruiz. Like, you can stack this up. It's a small enough slate, but I don't think I'm going to. What about over on the other side with these Toronto bats versus Shepard? Yeah, I love Toronto today. You know, even if Shepard does, you know, manage to do something, he's probably not going any more than four, maybe five innings, just based on what he's done uh, so far this year. So, if you get to the Baltimore bullpen, you know, you can't go wrong with that. A lot of good options here. You know, you can find cheap guys. Smoke's 3,800. That's pretty crazy. Telez is pretty cheap. You can get a guy like McKinney if you really want to do that. And then Biggio is 5K, but that's probably the highest it gets. Um, So, you know, I think this is a pretty good stat. You can find the value in there, and then you can also have, you know, some pretty good upside. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this Toronto stack on this slate. Like, looking at some of their price tags, Smoke's a bit too cheap. Guerrero is a bit too cheap here. And looking at Chandler's numbers, in AAA with the Red Sox this season in seven starts – he had a ridiculous 10 ERA, 8.55 FIP. He gave up huge home run to fly ball uh, numbers here. And in his first two outings, he his home run to fly ball was zero. Started to regress a little bit in this last game here. He's playing in a ballpark that is not very good for fly ball pitchers, to put it very merely. He's just a guy that is going to give up a bunch of bombs. 44% hard contact rate on the season. 41% fly ball rate on the season, giving them up to both sides of the plate here. Granted, it's smaller versus lefties, but it's not a big enough sample size to really take into account here. So absolutely love Smoke. Absolutely love Vlad. Two guys that can, if they hit the ball hard, it goes out of the park here. Guerrero, Biggio, Bichette, all priced up a little bit, but easily guys that you can throw into your lineup if you really want to. Uh, and then Grichik, Reese McGuire, Tellas, like guys that are going to go virtually unowned on a five-game slate where there's going to be some volatility. All these guys can very easily hit the ball out of the ballpark. All of them have fairly high ISOs. So, like, I'm just looking for home runs on the slate here, and these guys all have the possibility of getting one, and a lot of them are priced too cheap. So I'm very high on the Toronto bats. Let's move on to the next game here. Boston versus Tampa Bay. We have Chasin going up against Snell. Again, we don't really know how late Snell's going to go into the game, but let's start off with Chasin here. Any interest on him versus the Rays when he's probably just going to pitch a few innings, or do you have any interest on Schwarwin? Uh, yeah, no interest. Long relief guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no interest in, in the uh, Tampa Bay pitching for me. Or the ball yeah. pitching, sorry. Yeah, uh, I kind of butchered his name, but I'm right there with you. I don't really have any interest in Chasin here. 
Again, don't know how late he's going to go. And the Snell on the other side only got 26 pitches in his first outing. I don't know if he's going to do another potential just opener scenario or if they're going to try and get him stretched out a little bit more for the playoffs. I'd assume it's the latter here. So no interest in Snell. Let's go over to the Boston Bats. They have a pretty darn low and tough fly team total at just 3.5. It is being played over in Tampa Bay. Snell is a very good pitcher, but like he's only going to go a few innings, and a lot of these guys are priced for going up against Snell for a full full game here. We got J.D. Martinez at 4.2K. We know his numbers versus lefties. We got Devers potentially with only one at bat versus the lefty Snell here. We got Bogarts at 4.5K, which, if any, Boston bats are you looking at? Yeah, I think you you have a, you make a really good point, especially when you're bringing up the salaries, you know, Martinez and and even Bogarts. These right-handed bats, and even if you want to think of the lefties too, they're they're priced pretty down. Um, I would actually have interest in Snell here if I was confident in the pitch count, uh, but but I'm not, so that that's kind of a bummer. But um, but yeah, I think you can target some of these righties, you know, Martinez, Travis, and then you can, like you said, don't really count on Snell being in the game too long. So these lefties are viable too. Uh, Tampa Bay has a pretty good bullpen, but you know anything can happen against a bullpen. So moral endeavors, even Holt, they're all they're all viable. Yeah, I mean something to watch out for. It's potential that Travis gets the start here, and then maybe once Snell comes out, that Moreland goes in, or Moreland just gets the start right off the bat, and hopefully a lefty doesn't come in afterwards. But uh, if we get the information about which long relief guy is going to come in, then it's something to keep in mind. But I absolutely love JD. Him and Hoskins are two guys that could easily hit a bomb on a five-game slate here. And if they do, then that's just massive amounts of value. And, yeah, just J.D.'s numbers versus lefties are incredible. His numbers versus righties are still pretty good. And, again, you're getting a giant price tag uh, drop because he is going up against Snell. And, again, might only be one at bat. What about over on the Tampa Bay side? Going up against Chassin here, we know that Chassin has – Struggled a bit to both sides of the plate. Historically, a guy that is a lot worse versus lefties. Numbers are fairly similar this year, but he's only striking out lefties at a 14% clip. What bats are you looking at? Yeah, Tampa Bay's been a team that I've stacked up all year, and I'm going to do the same thing tonight. Um, you know, these lefties in the lineup are just too dicey for me or too intriguing for me to avoid. So Meadows, Choi, Lowe, and Kiermaier, those are the guys that I'm really targeting. Um, but I wouldn't be afraid to stack the righties. we got some good right-handed bats in here. Um, and you can get some value with a guy like Wendell if he makes the lineup, um, either one of the lows. So I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, kind of right there with you. And something to note is that Chasin hasn't really been consistent in how long that they're going to keep him out there. I mean, last game, they kept him for 72 pitches. Game before, it was 48. Game before, it was 17. So he's not a guy – he's slated to be the potential opener – and then uh, Schwarman is going to be the guy that comes in afterwards. And I just absolutely keep butchering his name, but he's the only a guy that goes about 40 pitches here. So we got right-handed pitching for the majority of the game in all likelihood. So yeah, all those lefties are very much in play are all good plays, but I wouldn't shy away from some of the righty bats such as Pham or Adamas. Both of them are fine. And even Zunino, uh, Chasin does strike out righties at a pretty heavy cliff, but that's, Still, like, Zunino has the power if he's in the lineup there. If it's him or Darno, both of them have some power. So, something to keep in mind. Let's move on to the next game here. we got Miami going up against the Mets. I'm guessing where a lot of people are going to be looking for pitching is in this game. There's only an 8.5 total here. Let's start off with Caleb Smith with a 5 total against him. But we know his upside. We know his strikeout ability. We know his talent. Any interest with him at 9.4K, a guy that might – or 9.2K, a guy that might get overlooked on this slate? 
Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm going to try to do on this slate, since it's only, you know, five games, I think using Smith and then maybe just using one bat from this Mets lineup, and it would be probably Pete Alonzo. I think that could be something to do in tournaments. Um, it's not really going to be done by a lot of people. They don't, they, people don't really like to, you know, put their hitter up against up their own pitcher. But I think it's a viable option on a smaller slate here. And if I had to, uh, you know, pick a pairing to do it, it'd probably be Smith and Alonzo because I could easily see Smith, you know, striking out eight or nine and then Alonzo hitting a homer off of him. So I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like that call. I mean, Caleb Smith is a guy that has struggled versus righties, at least giving up power. Um, the one thing that is it, his favor here is it's being played in a pretty good pitcher's ballpark, and it's only going to be 79 degrees over there. So I like that call. What about over on the other side here with Mats, who is probably going to end up being the chalk here? I mean, he's going up against a terrible Marlins team. It's in one of the best pitcher's ballparks on the entire slate here. He's only 7.6K on a slate where – the only guys around his price range have a much higher implied team total going up against them. Uh, are you going to eat this Matt's shock or are you going to fade it? Um, I think for the most part, I'm going to fade it. I just don't like Stephen Matt's chalk. And then also this, this lineup, it gets, it gets be- okay. It gets better when, uh, when it's against a lefty, you know, that you flip these, uh, these righties over and they can see a lefty a little bit better. I mean, they're still going to strike out at a pretty significant clip, but there are some guys that can do some damage here against lefties. You know, Ramirez, Alfaro, Castro, those guys can do some damage against a lefty, and I just don't think Steven Matz is, you know, a great pitcher. So I'm I'm probably going to not – I don't know if I'd stack the Marlins here, but I'm probably going to find ways to work around the Matz chalk. Yeah, I, I'm kind of conflicted. I think that I'm just going to end up eating it. Yes, these Marlins bats are better versus lefties, but the problem is that Matz is a bit of a reverse splits guy. He strikes out righties at a higher clip. He does walk them at a higher clip, but just doesn't give up that much to them. Uh, it's He's a ground ball pitcher, and pretty much every single one of these Miami bats, like the highest fly ball rate in this Miami lineup is 32% with Starling Castro. It's just guys that don't get the ball in the air. If he's going to lose, it's going to be on the whim of Babbitt and likely not from home runs here. We don't really have to worry about them walking too much because none of them really walk at a high clip outside of Brinson at 9.7%, but he's obviously a huge bump to any pitcher that's going up against them. So I'm just going to end up eating the Mets, Chuck. I don't like it, but it's just what's going to end up happening here. Uh, what about Miami Bats? Using any of them versus a chalky Mets? Um, I might pick one, one or two off here just to kind of leverage myself against the Mets, Chuck couple guys that stand out would probably be either Rojas, Castro, or Alfaro. Alfaro, just because he's, he's a catcher, and, you know, catcher's probably going to be pretty weak uh, by the time lineups come out since it's a five-game slate. So those are probably the guys I'd try to find some leverage with and then also save some save some money. Yeah, I don't – I think I'm just going to fade Miami entirely. It's not a great ballpark. Again, they don't get the ball up in the air. So if they do end up beating up on Mats, it's probably going to be with – singles and maybe doubles here um i don't see a huge amount of upside in this lineup yes the price tags are cheap but unless you're trying to double barrel up top with uh corbin and a guy like wainwright then i don't think you can there's any need to go with these marlins here what about over on the other side with these mets you already mentioned pete alonzo caleb smith a guy that gives up a ton of fly balls a ton of hard contact to righties does strike him out at a decent clip but you got some of these guys that just don't really strike out a big clip. I mean, we got J.D. Davis at 18%. We got Rosario at 20%. 
Alonzo strikes out a huge clip, but obviously he can hit the ball of the yard, especially against a guy like this. They got Ramos sitting there at 12.7% K rate. Doesn't really have a huge hard contact rate. Doesn't have a huge fly ball rate. But like I already said, Caleb Smith gives up a ton of those. What New York bats are you looking at? Yeah, I, th- I mean, obviously P. Alonzo would be number one on the list. Uh, Frazier's interesting. You know, he's hitting fly balls at a 51% rate, and he hits, hits the ball pretty hard against lefties. Um, he's pretty much only usable against lefties. That He's just – that guy's really – he's hit or miss. Talk about it. Um, but Ramos is interesting. Hopefully he makes the lineup. I know that they've been playing that that backup catcher a little bit here towards the end of the year. But J.D. Davis is another really good hitter against lefties. And then even Rosario is an option here too. I know I mentioned liking Smith, but I do think that this is kind of one of those things that they can go either way. You know, Smith's a high volatility kind of guy. So you can consider stacking against him and also pitching him for upside. Yeah, I think – I don't know if I'm going to be stacking up against him, but I'll take one or two bats from this game or from the Mets in most of my lineups, I would assume – and they're going to be guys that can hit a bomb. It's only a five-game slate, and like I said, Caleb Smith gives up bombs. Grant, it's not a good ballpark for that, but J.D. Davis, Pete Alonzo, Frazier, and Ramos are the guys that I'd look at as potential high upside guys that might not have the most ownership. People don't really like playing guys against Smith because he is very talented and he was so good at the beginning of the season, but home runs are absolutely something that he can give up, and then if he ends up exiting the game earlier then you got that Miami bullpen that's just not very good. It's giving up home runs at the second highest clip in the league so far this year. So I, I, I like some of these righty bats that can hit the ball out of the ballpark here and just using one or two of them in the lineup, hoping that you get home runs out of them. Let's move on to our last game of the night. It is St. Louis versus Arizona. We have a nine total here, Young versus Wainwright. Let's start off Wainwright, the favorite here, 8.1K. Again, we already mentioned Matt's is going to be the chalk at 8.6K. Wainwright, one of the lowest implied totals on the board of any guy that is going to be in the game long enough for it really to matter here. Are you going to swap from Matt's to Wainwright? Is that the move you think? Um, it's definitely one of the ones that I'm, I'm considering, but I think the more I think about it, I think Arizona makes for a, a pretty sneaky stack, uh, especially these lefties. So I think I would probably just either try Eflin or go down to, to for, you know, punt with Buckholz for the SP2 spot. Um, so I, I don't think I'm going to be using too much Wainwright. I think if I'm not using Matt, I'll probably end up with a little bit of him. He might draw some ownership and yes, he has been, not great versus lefties pretty much all season wrong. He's historically a guy that's not very good versus lefties. And we have likely five to six lefties in this lineup, only two righties. So it's tough here, but there are some strikeouts here. I mean, Walker strikes out at 26% versus righties. Rojas, 24%. Avilia, if he's in the lineup, I know that Wainwright hasn't been good versus lefties, but he's a guy that strikes out at a massive clip. What worries me is the walks here. So, as of right now, I'm probably going to have a little bit of him, but probably right along with the field. What about over on the other side here with Alex Young going up against the St. Louis team? Doesn't strike out a huge clip. He's not a great pitcher, but there's a five-game slate, and there's not a whole lot of options. Yeah, I mean, Alex Young is one of the guys that you just think about when you're thinking about, like, April and June. He came in, he was, like, 4'7", 4'8", and he hasn't really been a guy that's, done, like, gone crazy or anything. He's up to 8'5". Uh, on drafting so that's just kind of funny to me but yeah Alex Jones, the guy, doesn't really strike out a lot of guys he doesn't really get blown up too much um so I'm probably staying away from him I just don't think he has very high upside especially at that price tag um except for when he you know went into Cincinnati a few weeks ago and 
just shut the lights out with 12 strikeouts, but that's not going to happen too frequently for young. He's not a big strikeout guy. Um, so probably staying away from young here. I just don't think the upside's there at that price tag. Yeah. I mean, I might have some ownership in him, but he's not the guy that not a guy that I'm really going on my way to roster. There's not a whole bunch of pitching options on the slate. So that just makes him um, just an option, but this St. Louis team walks at a high clip and young struggled a bit with walking guys, specifically lefties. So the fact that it's all righties helps him out a little bit. He's been a little bit reverse splitsy when it comes to strikeouts and walks here and ground balls. Um, although his numbers versus lefties are way better. He's actually giving up a higher fly ball rate, higher hard contact rate. So he may be due some regression in the underlying numbers if these things hold true. What St. Louis bats are you looking at? Uh, mainly the big righty hitters. I'm probably not going to stack here too frequently. I just think that, you know, he's just not a guy that's going to get blown up too massively. I think there is some value. Uh, Molina, Bader, there's some value guys. But other than that, it's probably just Goldie and Ozuna for me. Yeah, I'm – probably on the same page here. Like I said, Young gives up a very high ground ball rate to righties here. So I'm probably looking at the guys that can get the ball in the air. That would be Goldschmidt and Ozuna mostly. Carpenter can, but he's obviously not very good. And Young's been way better versus lefties so far, just from straight up Woba and ISO numbers. Although again, he might be due some regression. So it's Goldie, it's Ozuna. That's pretty much it. I'm not paying 5.1K from Edmund it's just not worth it to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about over on the other side, Arizona bats? You already mentioned them as a potential sneaky stack. They've got a lot of lefties going up against Wainwright. Who are you targeting? Yeah. The more I kind of think about it and look at it, I, I, Lamb is just the guy who is just such a good value. 3,200, you can play him at first or third. Um, big lefty who has some power. Struggled a little bit this year, but he's been, you know, battling injuries. So I think he's a guy that you can count on for some power here and there. Uh, Escobar, Marte, Avila, even though he does strike out a lot, he does have some pop. Um, he probably wouldn't be like a top option for me on the team, but Rojas is a really good option, especially when he's batting uh, towards the top of the order at 3,500. Almonte, if he makes the lineup, he if he makes the lineup, he's probably batting leadoff. So he's an option, a little bit more expensive than I would like. Um, so pretty much any lefty here is, is viable for me anyway. Um, and then there's a lot of good value on the team too. Yeah, I mean, my problem with guys like Avelia and guys like Lamb is that there are expanded rosters right now, potentially more lefties in the bullpen. So as soon as Wainwright gets yanked out of the game, they might potentially throw a lefty in there, especially if both those guys are down the lineup. They're going to throw a lefty in when it gets down to them, and there's a decent shot that both of them end up getting pinch hit for here. So Lamb and Avelia are two guys that I'm probably not looking at just because of potential pinch hit risk, but Rojas, Almonte, both guys that are likely not to get uh, taken out of the game. They're going to try and get more reps here, get a little bit more experience. Rojas is a guy that I really like, 3.5K, too cheap. Uh, he hasn't done great so far in the majors, but Wainwright's really struggled versus lefties, and he is a guy with a whole bunch of talent. Escobar is another guy that I'm looking at, and I don't hate uh, Christian Walker there, 4K. Just a little bit too cheap. Again, we could see lefties from the bullpen later on in this game because of the other lefties in the lineup. But Walker's still not a bad player versus righties. And his price tag of 4K is just a little bit too cheap. All right, let's play the morning guy game, get out of here. Uh, is it, yeah, pitcher under 8K to get six or more strikeouts? Oh, man, that's tough on this slate. Um, I'm going to go Eflin, though. There's just not many other options. I think Eflin just has the higher upside out of these 
what there's only four of them five of them uh, i mean so there's, yeah, there's four of them that are going to be in the game for any period of time so yeah i like the Eflin call i think i'm just going to go with the chalk answer and go with mats i mean Shepard does not have upside bolt buckles does not have upside next pitcher over 8k to get 15 or less dk points yeah, I think this one's going to be an easy one just because of how often he's or how long he's going to be in the game for. But it'll be Snell. I don't really see him going too deep into this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Caleb Smith here again. He could end up giving up a whole bunch of home runs. Does have strikeout upside, but I, I don't know if he's going to be able to get it done. Hitter over 4K to get a home run. Who's your big bat of the night? Uh, I'm going to go Pete Alonzo. I know you just mentioned uh, Caleb Smith, so I'll just piggyback off that and go Pete. All right, I'm going to go with J.D. Martinez, 4.2K. Not going much over the minimum we set there. Hitter under 4K to get two or more hits. Um, and I know you mentioned some concerns about, you know, how long he could stay in the game, but if he, I think if he does stay in the game, Jake Lamb's got a, a really good shot at getting multiple hits. All right, I'm going to go with Reese Hoskins, 3.9K. I mentioned absolutely love him today. And Corbin struggled more versus righties and lefties. Hoskins has ridiculous numbers versus lefties. Not going to be horribly high-owned. All right, who's your stack to get six or more runs? Uh, I'm going to go with Toronto. Gosh darn it, you stole mine. I'm going <laughs> to go off the board then. I'm going with the Red Sox here. Very low-owned, underpriced because of Snell, and just not going to draw off ownership. Love them today. All right, it's about time to get out of here. Any last thoughts on the slate? Uh, no, I think we co- covered it all, but uh, good luck, everyone. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed me taking over for Stevie. I will probably be back again tomorrow. Doesn't have a timetable on when he's coming back, but enjoy these last few days of baseball season. I know I will. We're getting out of here. See you, kids.